Hey there, you're dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over in life or in business, all walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down, stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy, experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Here's your host, Tracy Winchell. Welcome to this Reboots Extra episode with Ryan Gottfriedson. Ryan is a leadership and management professional at Cal State Fullerton, and he's a leadership mindset pioneer. In just a second, I'm going to ask what that means. Um, We recorded this episode during the last full week in October. There are a lot of people who participate in a a months-long gratitude practice in November as part of the Thanksgiving holidays in the U.S. So we kind of thought we'd jump in with both hands and feet and talk gratitude this month. So Ryan, thanks thanks for joining us. And my first question is, what the heck is a leadership mindset pioneer? I love that term. Well, I love your question. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's great to be with you. So a, a mindset are the mental lenses that we use that shape how we view the world. And depending on how we see the world shapes how we think about the world, how we learn about the world, and how we behave in the world. So another way that I like to talk about our mindsets is that they are our mental fuel filters. They Every day we're bombarded by stimuli, and it's our mindsets to pick up on select stimuli. Maybe it's negative versus positive stimuli, and that goes on to fuel our thinking, learning, and behavior, and consequently how successful we operate in life. So if we could become more aware of our mindsets and improve our mindsets, we will improve our thinking, learning, and behavior, and then consequently our success. And so, you know, it... it it's fascinating the kind of research that's available now that's never been uh, available before. Um, We just haven't thought much about how mindset impacts performance. Uh, The first thought I think of is um, um, executing on, on a playing field, you know, um, uh, professional ball players make millions and billions of dollars and you know you start talking about uh hand-eye coordination but there's so much more to performance than physical ability is that is that kind of what you're talking about here for sure so most of the time when we're diagnosing let's just say even a performance issue or or the degree to which we're doing something well we have a tendency to focus on the level of our behaviors But if we have a problem, let's just say with behaviors, the solution to that problem probably isn't on that same level. It's on the level below that, the the level that is actually driving those behaviors. So a lot of times when we have, when I work with leaders, when we have leader behavior problems, then if we try to solve those problems by teaching them new behaviors, that may help, but it's probably not going to be long lasting. A better approach is to get beneath the behaviors and talk about what is driving those behaviors. And in this case, it's mindsets. And to your point, I, I, I find it fortunate to be involved in this type of research because for decades, you can even think millennia, we've been talking about mindsets. We probably use the word mindsets in our vocabulary fairly often. But then when I go around and I speak about mindsets, I'll ask them, can you tell me about a mindset that you need to have to be more successful? 
and I get one of two answers. I either get crickets or I get a positive mindset. And a positive mindset, I, I can't disagree with that, but it's not very specific. And so what I've done in my research is I've, I've identified four different sets of mindsets that we could focus on to evaluate the degree to which we possess healthy mindsets. So for each of these sets of mindsets, they rest on a continuum that range from negative to positive. And so if we can identify where we are on this continuum and identify mindsets that are going to be more productive for us, then that opens up the opportunity to introspect at a rather deep level and then correspondingly improve ourselves at a rather deep level. So what are those types of mindsets? Great question. So uh, the first set is fixed and growth mindsets. And so this revolves around the, the idea of the degree to which we see ourselves and others as being able to change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. So people with a fixed mindset don't think that we and others can change. Those with a growth mindset think that we and others can change. And the power in this is that when we don't feel like we can change and we hit failure or challenge, then we're left to interpret that as though we are failures. Yeah. And so when we have a fixed mindset, we have a tendency to want to avoid challenges and to avoid failures. But if we have a growth mindset, we see ourselves as being able to learn and grow. We're not concerned about how we look. We're only concerned about learning and growing. And, and so that type of an attitude allows certain people to persevere and to be resilient while other people shy away from failure and, and give up in the face of failure. So that's the first one. Yeah, well, keep going, and then I want to come back to this one because um, I've, I've I've got something I want to kind of uh, talk a little bit about. Um, but let's just keep going down the list. Sounds good. Next is closed versus open mindset. So when we have a closed mindset, uh, we're not open to the ideas and suggestions of others. Oftentimes, because we want to be right, and more specifically, we want to be seen as being right. But if we have an open mindset, we're open to the ideas and suggestions of others. And rather than focusing on being right or being seen as being right, we're focused on finding truth and thinking as optimally as possible. And so we're willing to seek out the perspectives of other people, particularly those that are different from us. Oh, boy, we could. That's a, almost a can of worms, Ryan. <laughs> it is, you betcha. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Next is prevention versus promotion. So when we have a prevention mindset, we're trying not to lose. That's our main focus. When we have a promotion mindset, we're trying to win and we're seeking after gains. So the difference is so when we have a prevention mindset, and let's just say we're a ship captain, our primary focus is on not sinking. And so we want to avoid problems. We're not willing to take risks. We don't want to rock the boat. But if we have a promotion mindset, then we're not, I mean, it's not that we're not concerned about not seeking, but our focus is on a destination and making progress towards that destination. So rather than avoid problems and avoid risk, we anticipate problems and we see risk being a value. Because at the end of the day, if, if we have a prevention mindset, we're going to be blown about by the winds and the currents of the sea, and we'll end up in a destination not of our choosing. But if we have a promotion mindset, then we're willing to brave the winds and the currents of the sea in order to reach a destination of our own proactive design. Wow. All right. Next one. Next one is uh, inward versus outward mindset. So when we have an inward mindset, 
uh, we see ourselves as being more important than others. And consequently, that makes us see other people as objects. But when we have an outward mindset, we see ourselves as being as important as others or other people being as important as ourselves. And as such, we see other people as people and people of value. Let me give you a quick example of maybe the difference here. Um, is if you pull up to a street corner and there's a homeless person standing there, you might you could look at that person with different lenses or mindsets. So one lens is to see them as somebody who should get a job, right? So if I, if I see them on a street corner, I'm thinking, why are you spending your time asking for money when you could be spending this time trying to find a job, right? So if I take that lens, I usually consider myself as being more important than them. I kind of see them as an object. I um, am rather critical of them and I have a tendency to, or I'm going to be less likely to help them. But if I take an outward mindset towards this, then I'm going to be inclined to think, what in the world has happened in their life that has led them to believe that this is the best way to live? Now, when I take that approach, I see them as somebody of value, and I'm much more empathetic, and I'm much more likely to help them. Um, so that's got, you know extreme example using a homeless person, but the principle applies to really anybody we interact with in our lives. Do we see them as an object, or do we see them as a person of value that has their own feelings that we need to be conscious of? You know, that's an interesting example you used with inward versus outward, because um, uh, where I live, um, it's a relatively new occurrence for people to stand on on uh, at popular intersections with the cardboard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, and is that a lot of these folks, uh, I have seen it, uh, walk to really nice cars and drive away. And this is their way of making a living. And so this is a hot button where I live because we, we're a relatively small community, less than a hundred thousand um, in in our in the, in in town, and so people people understand what's happening here, and so there's just this moral conflict about, well, gosh, should we? Which ones do we help, and which ones do we not help because they're driving cars nicer than than us? It, does that fit in here somewhere? Yeah, I think it does in a couple ways is one way is, you know, I we have a similar situation going on in Southern California, uh, where that is not an uncommon situation. And when we see that, one of the things that the way that we interpret that is the people are viewing us as objects. So these people asking for money, they're seeing us as objects. And, and we hate it when people see us as objects. Yeah, like we yeah. feel used and that's how we feel in this case. And so it's natural to get defensive and, and that's fine. But, but part of it is our, our place is, is always to view other people as people of value because we're all human. We all have value. Not that, you know, I'm not saying everybody makes the best decisions with their lives, but I do think that everybody thinks that their thinking is the best way to think. And so it, when we understand that everybody's really trying their best given their circumstances and their, what has happened in their life, that allows us to be, to operate at a level that is less critical of others. In fact, that, 
that revolves around some of Brene Brown's work. I don't know if you or any of your listeners are familiar with Brene Brown, but one of the things that she found in her research is she asked the question to people, do you think that other people are trying their best? And when people answered no, what she found is that the people who answer no to that question struggle with perfectionism (laughs) and and shame and consequently shame. Um, and, And that to be quite honest with you, when I first read that question, do you think in general that other people are trying their best? My first answer was no. Like that rocked my world because it it opened me up to, oh my goodness, I am viewing people with the wrong lenses and the wrong mindset. And the result of that is, is not always negative for other people, but it is always negative for me because I carry around this error or aura of perfectionism and then when I don't live up to being perfect then I'm usually quite harsh on myself so it's been a a very forgiving principle not only for others and how I relate with others but also very much so for myself perfectionism is an ugly ugly beast and here's the other part of this that I'm just learning is so what if other people aren't trying their best what business is it of mine I'm I need to work me. Yep. Right? Yep. So let's go back up here to fixed end growth. Um, you, you have this really cool mindset assessment tool. Yep. I'd like to offer our, our listeners the opportunity to, to, to go through that. But I've taken that. And um, I, I am... For the past five or six years, I've been working really hard to change my mindset. Um, and it, it's interesting because the thing that stuck out at me after I, I, I took the assessment and, and read the very detailed um, results is that my mindset is still fixed. And so that told me I still had a lot of work to do. Um, and I, that's very helpful to me, uh, to, to see the kind of work that I need to do. And if I remember right, you offer, uh, some tips on how to, to change that. Let's talk a little bit about the assessment tool and why it's useful. Yeah. So there's a variety of assessment tools out there that I'm sure many people are familiar with. Most of the assessment tools out there revolve around personality or maybe talent. Um, and those are things, it's great to learn those things because it helps us to better nav- understand ourselves, navigate life, communicate with others. But the problem with those assessment tools is they're focused on something that we really can't change. So you could take a personality assessment, it tells you if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Well, there's really nothing you could do about changing the degree to which you are an introvert or an extrovert. It's just kind of how we're wired. But the beauty of a mindset assessment is our mindsets are something that we can change. And if we can change them, we can improve our success. And so and and what the mindset assessment does is a few things is one, it gives us some labels for the mindsets that we have. So up until you took the mindset assessment, I'm not sure if you knew the terms fixed and growth mindsets. I did actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Uh, so one reading uh, Angela Duckworth's book, I think. Oh yeah. With on grit. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, 
so when we, if we happen to not know the terms fixed and growth, we would have no way of evaluating the degree to which we have those mindsets. So one of the powers of the mindset assessment is it helps us to put labels to, to the mindsets that we have. And that allows us to identify where we are now and also where we want to go. And then we could connect the dots between the two. And that sounds like um, where, where you're at. Okay, you identify where you're at. Now we recognize that this is something we could change in ourselves. I, I can now identify where I want to go. And then here's, here's a list of resources that are available to be able to help you to improve your mindset. That's fascinating. Um, all right. So let's kind of take, explain now, why would we do this? Um, why, why is mindset so important to like everything we do, relationships, health, career, just in kind of just my, my friend Ed, and I quote him all the time, um, because the first time I heard this, I thought it was bunk. And after the five years of experiencing, I think it's awesome. My friend Ed Saucier says, life is meant, life is meant to be enjoyed even when it must be endured. I think mindset probably has a lot to do with uh, the reality of that quote. Do you? Yeah, for sure. To me, that's the epitome of that prevention versus promotion mindset is we're going to come up on the winds and currents of the sea in life. And do we see that as, as um, something that we can get through? So that even brings in the growth mindset. Can we even get through these winds and the currents of the sea? And what is our destination? Do we have a clear destination that we want to get to? And then if we do, then oftentimes we're led to interpret maybe bumps in the road as, as being something that is actually going to be helpful in our pursuit of our destination, right? If we thought we can get to our destination without any growth, um, it wouldn't be a very exciting journey. Like we recognize that with these mindsets and the positive mindsets allows us to recognize that bumps and hurdles or detours along our journey between where we are now and our eventual outcome um, are designed to help us to actually get there. They're not designed to say you're going the wrong way, um, but, but they they're allow us to develop the skills necessary to continue on in our journey in a successful way. Mm. So how does, how does mindset impact our, our specifically our health? Um, so one of the things as we talked about is when we talked about these inward versus outward mindsets and if we have this inward mindset, then we have a tendency to experience more shame in our lives. And that ha can have um, some debilitating emotional consequences, which then will roll over into uh, physical consequences. Uh, but you think about even the relationships that we have. So we talked about closed versus open mindsets. I'm not sure if when I was describing the difference between the two, if anybody popped into your mind of somebody that you know that has a closed mindset. Uh, but for me, my brother-in-law pops into my mind um, where he's, he's kind of this know-it-all. And so when, when you say something, he's probably going to disagree with you. And he's probably going to tell you why. And it's like, okay, I've heard this a million times. So what happens is when we have a closed mindset, we become unapproachable and off-putting. You know, we're focused on being right and being seen as being right. And we're, we feel fully justified in our closed mindset. 
But what we don't recognize is that's wrecking havoc on our relationships. Um, and I, you know, to be quite honest with you, I, I, I this is something, an area where I need to improve or I've been working on improving because I consider myself to be a rather thoughtful person. And so I'm always thinking, I'm trying to always think 10 steps ahead. And so when my wife comes to me with, the, with an idea and says, hey, maybe we should do this. And I'm thinking, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I already thought about that. And I don't think that's the best, the best, best path to go down. And so I'm kind of inclined to just, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Like I, I right away shut her down. And then so she doesn't feel validated in her ideas. And so what I've become conscious of is, is I need to come across as not being closed-minded to her. So I need to hear her ideas and then probably ask some probing questions that I had thought about previously that led me to my decision. Say, oh, that's an interesting idea. Well, what did you, what do you think about this? Oh, and she, then she would probably be like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. that so yeah, that's probably not a good option. Like that's going to go over much more smoothly with her than if I just say, no, I think that's a bad idea. Right? Or, or by asking her the question, um, you, you guys get to work through, well, gosh, maybe that fifth thought that you had that seemed frightening is not quite so scary and bad after all, because you opened a whole new idea that you hadn't experienced. For sure. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so she brings a different perspective for yeah, sure. So it's really not so much about the asking her a question so that you can then shut her down. It's asking because you really care about her. And asking because we want to come, we want to think optimally as a whole and together. And, and so that, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and okay. So here's this, here's this thought about, um, you know, it's here we come with the holidays, Thanksgiving's coming up and, most of us have that person we see a few times a year who's going to be difficult and maybe we don't agree with them. Um, what's the best way to enjoy the, the, the Thanksgiving Turkey um, without having to be stressed out about the Turkey, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not sure I have all the answers. Uh, I could give you some thoughts. Uh, I mean, that's surely not easy. And those relationships are often very complex. Um, and, but, but regardless, I, I think the key to me is taking that outward mindset and, and being able to see other people as though that they're trying their best. I mean, it may seem like they're not, but trying to understand their perspective and where they're coming from, what in their life has led them to operate and believe that, you know, operate in the ways they operate, believe the things that they believe. Um, and, and that's going to, as a whole, make us much more sympathetic and understanding to the, to the situation. Man, that's, that's true truth right there. I like true truth. I like that term. I need to yeah. start using that. All right. I think that's an Arkansas term, my brother. <laughs> Maybe I need to move to the South. <laughs> okay. Tell us, tell us how, how we would, um, how our listeners can um, take that that survey you've got going on because I think I think that may be kind of a a next logical step before we make the the connection to gratitude here in our conversation for sure and I'm excited to make that connection to to gratitude so probably the easiest way to take the assessment is go to my website which is ryangotfordson.com um, and then uh, my guess uh, Tracy is that you 
provide some or have an ability to provide links along with the podcast. So I could share that website as well as I have a specific website that could take people directly yeah. to that assessment. Yeah. We'll just so. put it in the show notes. Perfect. Um, and, and it takes how long to, to, to uh, complete the survey? 10 minutes or so? Yeah, max 10 minutes. So probably six or seven minutes. And But it does provide a rather uh, lengthy and comprehensive and individualized report on your mindset assessments. I, I, the reason why it is as lengthy as it is, is most people don't know a whole lot about mindsets. So this is, there's part learning about mindsets as a whole, and then also learning about your own personal mindsets and how you can then improve them. I'm anxious to uh, to to take it again um, in a couple of months to kind of see if I've made some progress. Is that is that a useful way to use that tool? That's exactly why it's there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Now, um, I want to kind of wrap up the the mindset part as we are now, um, uh, and gravitate toward gratitude. See what I did there. Um, what are some habits that we can build to help us develop that better mindset? Yeah. And I think that's, you're hitting it, the connection right on the head there. So one of the things that I found in my research on mindsets, as well as things like mindfulness is that 90% of our thinking of our judgment of our attitudes of our actions is driven by non-conscious automated processes. Wow. Yeah. So we're, we largely operate on autopilot or based upon the habits uh, and the routines that we have. And what one of the main factors that drives our non-conscious automated processes is our mindsets. And, and so what gratitude and in particular gratitude practices do and then even in more particular journaling does is it helps us awaken more to our non-conscious automated processes allowing us to either become more conscious uh, of how we operate or to change and improve our non-conscious automated processes Um, and and then as a whole we operate more effectively in, in life in general. So um, if that's one of the things that I love about gratitude practices and in particular journaling around gratitude practices is that that helps us awaken to ourselves in a way that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Wow. Tell me about your journaling habit then. Um, how, how, do you, how do you awaken those automated non-conscious thought processes? Yeah, and I'm not going to say that I'm perfect with it. I I have developed um, a habit, a routine of of doing it every morning, um, and mine has revolved around the five minute journal, uh, which is a a book that was given to me. Let's see, last um, just over a year ago, and I I've never really journaled. My mom was a big journaler. In fact, I've got. Oh, probably three boxes worth of journals sitting in my office that I don't know if I'll ever get to. Um, but I've never really been a journal. I was given this this book. I'm thinking, are you crazy? Like I'm not journaling. Um, and then then I open it up, and, and what I find is, Ryan, that's a closed mindset. It was for sure, <laughs> for sure. 
Um, and so I open it up and what I find is it's, it, for those that aren't familiar with it, there are three questions that you're supposed to answer in the morning or three things you do in the morning and then two things you do at night. So the three questions in the morning are three things that you're grateful for, three things that would um, you want to accomplish today to make today amazing, and then some affirmational statements that you can put in. And then at the end of the day, uh, you reflect back on the day and what are three amazing things that happened. So again, a little bit of gratitude. And then what, did, what would you diff do differently? Or what, would, what did you learn today that you might be able to do differently to improve in the future? And so um, gratitude is a, is a big component of the journal. There's also some other components that I also think are important. But, but it literally takes me five minutes in the morning and then I, I, a few minutes in the evening. And, I, and I've been doing this now for over a year. But I would say that the first four months of it, um, I, I had some huge gains in terms of my mindsets and improving my mindsets. Not to say that I, ha I haven't had value since then. It's just, I think my mindsets were so off when I first started it, that it was easy for me to see the gains um, when, when I first started that, the process. Yeah. How, how do you feel those gains? Because I've, I've experienced the same thing, not necessarily through five minute journal, but uh, about four years ago, I did a November gratitude challenge and I might've hit 40 to 50%, you know, the whole month uh, uh, of the number of days that, that, that I listed something for which I am grateful. And after the end of those 30 days, as imperfect as I was, I don't know how to describe what was different and why. I just knew I was. Maybe you, as a professor, can articulate that a little bit better. Well, I think for me, um, it. I mean, just to go back to the, you know, I kind of criticized the, the vague term of positive mindsets, but there's a lot of truth to the idea of just having lenses over your eyes, these mindsets that when you're operating in life, you're better able to pick up on the positive cues and you're not as sensitive to the negative cues. Um, and, and so for me, that, that was one big benefit is I started to be more sensitive to the positive cues. So for example, um, I was out for a bike ride uh, this morning and I, I was driving, I drive along the, or ride along the river trail and a fish jumped out of the water right when I passed this part of the river. And I was, I, I, I mean, I'm not a sucker for wildlife. I'm not a sucker for nature. <laughs> but to me, this was like, it was beautiful. Like, how cool that I was in the right spot in the right moment to see this massive fish jump out of the water. And, and, and I think that just my gratitude practice has allowed me to just take a few seconds and just, wow, that was beautiful where I wouldn't have had that otherwise. And now, now that, that creates a positive aura for the rest of my day. And so that's the beauty. For, that's one of the beauties of the five-minute journal. And do it, that's literally the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I try to answer that, those first three questions. What are three things that you're grateful for? Um, and, and so that's, um, that's surely one element. Another element is as the whole, the, the journal has pushed me to to want to be better at, than than typical. 
So I, I think of myself as I've always been an achiever. I've always wanted to get better and perform. But by doing the five-minute journal, it ratcheted that up a notch. And I think in a, in a very healthy way, because you could do that in an unhealthy way. But I feel like it did it in a very healthy way, in a way that I was gaining confidence in myself in the process. And, and I was more willing to take on challenges than what I had before. Um, I I found myself expressing gratitude for my challenges. um, And that, that opened me up to greater learning and growth. You know what, Ryan, me too. And I just started using the five minute journal. Here's the, here's, here's my five minute journal story real quick. Um, So probably two or three years ago, after I did this November gratitude challenge, I was like you. I was like, something's different. I, I, I'm going to keep doing this. And I started learning about um, a gratitude practice. And I ran across an interview with the guys from uh, the who invented the five-minute journal and um, listened to a podcast. I think it was a, a Pat Flynn podcast. And so they're, they're very open about the questions. And so I just swiped the questions and started logging them every day, um, either on my phone or a computer. And it rocked my world even more. And so about three weeks ago, I fired off an email to the people at the five minute journal and said, look, thank you. Um, I have never bought your product, but I use your, your, your questions and they've changed my life. And here's how. They sent me a five-minute journal, and no so yeah, so I'm like nine days into using it. Great, and and it it's super duper simple, and it does. It takes less than five minutes a day, and um, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm grateful for that. So we're gonna put a link in the show notes to that. I don't have an affiliate link or anything like that, but yeah, that's a really super duper easy way to get started. So that kind of leads to um, how. I want to talk a little bit about uh, James Clear. I know I, I haven't given you a chance to, to read his book yet, but I started reading it this weekend. It just came out this week as we're recording this. One of the things that fascinates me about his talk, um, his take on habits, is that um, our identities are wrapped up in our habits and vice mm-hmm. versa. I'd never thought about that before. An example uh, that he uses is um, when someone offers someone a cigarette and says, hey, you want a cigarette? And the person says, no, I'm trying to quit versus, um, no, I'm not a smoker. So that identity set. And, and his take is that's, a, that's how we often miss out on on doing the things that we say we want to do. It's because of the shame and the guilt. Um, I need to lose 10 pounds and it's, you know, rather than fixate on that, um, if I walk four or five days a week for 15 minutes, I'll lose that. And, and so I want to shift that mindset. Talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, no, and I think that that's that's right on, and that's so crucial to understand how our identities are built into our habits. So I'm I'm just gonna shift the way that that we've been talking about, it just because, in I I just think in terms of mindsets, which I think fuel our habits, 
and our identities when it comes to shifting our mindsets. The we're, we've, we've accomplished over half the battle if we can identify or understand the power of mindsets, identify our current mindsets, and, and then um, focus on identifying the mindsets that we need to have to become better. That's more than half the battle. But then the hardest part of the battle in improving our mindsets is letting go of our prevailing mindsets because we're usually so identified to those mindsets. These are the mindsets we've been using maybe our whole lives. Um, let me give you an example of this. Is I had a student in one of my classes this last summer, and she kept talking about um, the relationship that her dad had with her brother. And, and they, it sounded like they just butt heads all the time, didn't have a great relationship. You could tell the dad kind of took this hard-headed view um, and didn't necessarily want to relate to this millennial son's perspective. Um, and and I, just, I just wondered, I mean, the dad knows that it's not a good relationship going on there. And, and it probably deals with this closed mindset that, that the dad has. And the, I'm not saying the son doesn't also have a closed mindset, but that dad probably really identifies with that closed mindset. In fact, if that dad were to start to open up to his son and start to see things from his son's perspective, he he's probably going to see himself as giving in, as I'm I'm losing control of the situation. And that could be really scary for the dad because he's identifying so strongly with this kind of hierarchical position as a father um, and, and that what he knows is best. And, and so I think the hardest part of changing our mindsets and changing our habits is, is letting go of what we have come to know because it's really scary. When we change our habits and we change our mindsets, we're going to be operating in a world in a way that we never have before. Yeah. And, and that could be really scary to some people because um, they don't know how to navigate a world that they've never, you know, seen in, in that new way. Um, it, you know, an example of this is I, I was talking on mindsets. A woman came up to me after my speech and she said, wow, this is powerful. She says, I don't know if you've ever drank alcohol or not, but to me, Going from one mindset to another is like going to somebody who hasn't, who has never drank any alcohol and then inviting them to drink alcohol. I mean, the person who hasn't drunk alcohol is probably thinking, well, it's probably not that bad to drink alcohol, but I have no clue on the effect that it's going to have on me. And so I'm really scared about that um, is maybe one, one approach. And I, I think sometimes we, we take that same mentality towards our mindsets and our habits. What is our life going to look like differently? Um, you know, if we, uh, for you mentioned Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn had a blog post that, or an email that changed one of my habits, which was getting, waking up earlier. So I used to wake up at six o'clock. I now wake up at five o'clock, partly because of his, his blog. And that was a big habit to change. And it was kind of scary. Like, what is my life going to look like with maybe less sleep um, and, and operating in a very different way? I'm going to change around my whole daily schedule. 
Um, so that was a little scary. And so I think we, we have a tendency to identify with these habits, with these mindsets. And, and that's, it, it's scary to overcome those because of that, that uncertainty involved with doing so. And aren't we funny that way? Because, okay, you can, you, we, we don't realize we can experiment with a new 5 a.m. habit for a month. And if it doesn't work or we don't like it, we get our hour back, right? We don't even think that way, do we? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think some people enter into those situations like, oh, I'm going to try it and I know that I'm not going to do it. Like I know it's going to be bad. Um, And and then they're quick to give up. Um, But I mean, it's tough because you kind of want to, if you're changing a habit, you kind of want to be all in. But to your point is, I think that there, we need to give ourselves more leeway to be flexible with our plans and the habits that we're developing. Because we may, we may do something and it just ends up not working and being as effective we'd like. And if we need to be open to the idea of adjusting, uh, for sure. Hmm. I want to, uh, as we wrap up, I want to kind of come back to um, this beautiful analogy you made just being very specific uh with your experiences with with your gratitude habit um so you know we've talked a lot about mindset and we've talked about how gratitude fits into that in terms of uh just a mindset lens and so i want to close with um this notion that I can, I can hear people listening to this right now thinking, well, this is great for somebody else, but I can't do it. It's not me. Or I wonder if I could do it, could do a gratitude practice for, I don't know, 30 days in November, maybe. Um, what advice or encouragement w- do you have for someone who just says, yes, I want to change, but I don't think I can? Um, well, I think that's the fixed mindset talking, but, but it, I mean, it, in all honesty, it's hard to get over a, a fixed mindset. I think one of the things that might be helpful is to better educate yourselves about the value of gratitude. Um, and, and, and look into the benefits. I mean, just Google, what are the benefits of gratitude? I mean, there's, there's actually been a lot of research on gratitude and the benefits that it has for you. In fact, let me recommend my most favorite TED Talk of all time. Um, it's on happiness, and it's by Sean Atcher. And it, it's a fantastic, I mean, it's, he is so great. I mean, he talks a little fast, but his examples are wonderful. But he, the main point of his TED Talk is that Success does not lead to happiness. Happiness leads to success. So how do we create greater happiness in our life? And research has repeatedly found that gratitude journals increase people's happiness. And then thus consequently, they should be more successful. And so that's an example of, hey, let's just learn a little bit more about this. And then it becomes clear like, oh, yeah, this is probably something that I, I, I should try out. Um, and, and so that's, that's maybe my initial suggestion. What do you think? Do you, what, what ideas do you have? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think so. And, and, um, I, I love the, the, the notion that if, if, 
I'm okay with somebody sticking a toe in the water versus jumping in the pool, you know? So I've learned to do many things. I've gotten over great fears, not by saying, I'm going to go do this thing, but by saying, I'm going to put on my shoes, I'm going to get in the car, and I'm going to go to the parking lot for this, to, to, to go to this thing. And I don't have to go in. And then I get to the point where, I'm in the car. I might as well go in. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so uh, I I think this is a a really neat approach, and um, I, I'm actually going to put together a thing. This is the thing. Uh, hopefully, people are listening to this, and and you've got kind of some some thought that you might want to experiment with uh, with a gratitude habit in the month of November, and Hopefully, um, your scientific insights and your your personal insights will uh, sort of help people say, I'm just going to do this thing for a week and maybe another week and another week. So thank you very much for your time, Ryan. Did for I sure. Hey, do you mind if I give one more suggestion? I want you to. And and I may even put you on the spot for it, Tracy. And so I'm you could, you could beat me up uh, if you don't like it. Um, so I have a I have a coworker who li- loves to surf, but what he told me is he doesn't have the motivation to go surf in the morning because he usually goes early in the morning, unless he puts his surfboard on the car the night before, because he feels like an if he puts the surfboard on the car and he doesn't go surfing, he feels like an idiot taking the surfboard down. So so he he puts the surfboard on the car the night before. So I'm only thinking is you said that you kind of created your own little five minute journal. Uh, you know, you could create a word document or a PDF that essentially replicates the five minute journal or other things similar to it. You know, I'm not s- suggesting you plagiarize, but uh, something similar to it that people could print out and put in a location that they're going to see it the next morning, right? So my wife has actually got the five-minute journal and it's sitting right by her bed, but she spends so little time in her bed that it doesn't make a difference. So, but, but you, you know, I could envision somebody putting it out in the spot where they eat breakfast in the morning. And then, hey, I might as well do it while I'm eating breakfast type thing. Love so anyways, it. there's another idea and put you on the spot a little bit for Love your it. life a little difficult, but. Nope, it's not difficult at all. Brilliant. All right. So yeah, maybe we put together a little a, a little daily schedule, and and then a, a form on the other side. I love that. Thank you, Ryan. You bet. Well, thanks for having me on. This is great. I appreciate your interest in my mindset stuff. And any listeners, if they're interested, I'd be happy to connect further, and and hopefully they get some value out of the mindset assessment. I'm so excited for you and and the changes you're going to help people make in in their lives and their mindsets and. Uh, I would say for sure, my friend Ryan, you are a leadership mindset pioneer. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate it. We hope this episode has helped you in some way. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe someone you care about might benefit from the Reboots Podcast. It's easy to share from our website, rebootspodcast.com. The Reboots Podcast is a production of Winchell Storyworks Incorporated a company dedicated to helping businesses and individuals know, share, and live their stories in order to impact the world around us in a positive way and to achieve financial freedom.